BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 90s night. Yes, this is our first opportunity to see the Phoenix Suns wearing those beautiful purple unis that we remember back from the 1992-1993 NBA season. And what better way to de- debut them than on a Tuesday night on TNT, playing the defending champion, the Golden State Warriors. Matthew, the team is now 3-1. and one. It was a thorough ass-kicking of the Warriors after a very interesting third quarter. And I have <laughs> no doubt, my friend, I have no doubt we will get some Warriors trolls in here to let us know that they've won championships <laughs> in the past decade. Yeah, we get it. You've won championships. You haven't won one yet this year. So, and by this year, I mean this season. So, that's all yeah, I got <laughs> You know what? The Warriors came in here, and they basically just came and said, hey, you guys are bums, and they left, all right? They didn't get the W. They got the L, but they don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. They did what they want to do. They just came in here and got 10 technicals, and they're out of here. <laughs> they're fine. This is what they're going to do all year. They don't give a shit. They know that if they're together at the end of the year, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's and it's game four, right? Great game. Yeah. Up, down, up, down, just nonstop. It was the first half was yes. insanely fun oh, yeah. to watch. Yes. What a fun game to watch. That's mm-hmm. the like I was thinking about it as I was watching that second quarter because what was the score at halftime? It was like 72 to 69, something like that. Very high scoring, a lot of great offense. And I go, and I was thinking at the time, as, I, as I'm taking notes as I do during the game, it's like, oh, no matter what happens in this game, I'm excited because we saw some great things from the Phoenix Suns. This was entertaining basketball above all else. This is entertaining basketball. You know, you can sit there and you can watch those games. And it's like 35 to 32 at halftime. It's two of the best teams in the NBA. You're, the defense is amazing, but it's like it's like watching a, a pitching duel in baseball. You can respect it, but is it entertaining? Not really. Whereas this one, it's up and down the court. It's it's great players playing against each other. And had we lost this game, I still wouldn't have been disappointed because I saw a lot of really good things from the Phoenix Suns. It just so happens that they went out there in the second half and they completely dominated and end up winning by. I mean, what what was the final score, Matthew? I don't even know. I walked away. In it was glee. a one thirty four to one oh seven, right? Sure. 134. Almost. So they beat them by 29 points is what you're telling me. 29 points. I'll take it. I'll take it. We just beat the Clippers and we beat the Warriors. Again, does it mean anything come playoff time? No. But how would you be feeling if they had lost to both those games? You know what? It's going to be like this all season long. It really is. Like, no matter what happens during the regular season, it does not matter. Just getting the W's is all that matters, no matter how it looks. And this one looked good, and it was an amazing watch. 
It was an amazing watch. Amazing basketball tonight. So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. My name is John. His name is Matthew. And we're here after every game to give you the best post-game podcast on Planet Orange. A few housekeeping notes. If you're if you're hanging out here and you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button. Let everyone know what you're doing. Give us a little one of those thumbs ups, okay? Uh, if you're listening, <laughs> subscribe, rate, and review. If you're on Apple Pods, leave a five-star review. Uh, and if I, I and I will say if if you're a betting person, the Suns Jam Session. Bet on it. 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 Brought to you by Sahara Bets, the newest place to win some money. So yeah, Sahara Bets is someone we we have a partnership with right now. Uh, every morning before a game begins, we have a Suns Jam Poll Parlay, uh, and today you know we put it out there and we said okay the the, the line was two and a half. The over/under was two twenty-five. We said, "Vote, comment, let us know if you know what what you think is going to happen in this game." Fifty-four point five percent of our jamsters voted that the Suns would cover the two and a half spread, and it would be over two twenty-five. Yes. And a shout out to at the boy Jerome thirty-two. He is our winner. He's going to win some free bets on Sahara Bets. So we will be reaching out to you. And another thing is every game. If you go on the app, the Sahara Bets app, download the game. They're actually going to be doing a Suns Jam boost where they're boosting odds for Suns games. Go get that money from us go to get you. It. Go get it. Free money right there. So, again, shout out to uh, – got to pull up the name again. Uh, shout out to at, the boy, or at that boy, Jerome32 on Twitter. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Suns Jam. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. Follow Sahara Bets at Sahara Bets. Uh, what are you drinking tonight, Matthew? You got to have a celebratory beverage, right? Just water, man. Just some water. This one, I was exhausted. I had to stay hydrated the whole time. Well, I, I stay hydrated the whole time so I can enjoy one of those delicious long drinks, cranberry long drink. Uh, it's the, the finished beer. It's a gin with natural cranberry. So pop them if you got them, my son's friends. Let's talk about this amazing game against the Golden State Warriors. Phoenix, Arizona tonight. Your Phoenix Suns win by a total score of 134 to 105 against the Golden State Warriors, which, as always, brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. And I know we're going to talk about a lot, and this is going to be a great pod. There's a ton to talk about with this game. Valley jerseys, these throwback jerseys. Um, you know what? The first year, the Valley jerseys, the Valley jerseys for sure. That year was spectacular to me. I know a lot of people can go back to the nineties and say that's their favorite team that's ever played. So yeah, it's their favorite Jersey. But last year or two years ago, it's like my favorite team to watch in a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with those tonight. Looked good. Kind of wanted the court to go with it. It kind of looked fine. It looked fine, but it just, it's cool. I'm not super excited, but it's cool. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's fun yeah i wish they did a throwback if had they done yeah. a throwback with it i think it would have been just next level Re- really would have popped it's kind of uh it's kind of going back and forth 
in the chat. Some people are saying purple royalties. Some people are saying the Valley jerseys. It's interesting because you kind of had an opportunity to see the juxtaposition between the two because, you know, they'd have some of the Phoenix Suns standing there on the court and they're wearing those jerseys, obviously, those those 90s throwbacks. And then you had some people in the crowd who were wearing the Valley jersey. And I'm sorry, this is the Phoenix Suns yeah. purple rules. Purple rules. I love those '90s jerseys because of the purple. That's why I like. I've always liked those better than the black ones. I got the mm-hmm. the black one hanging up right behind yeah. me, right? Yeah, that was a free one, right? Um, yeah, my staff bought bought that for me when I went yep. to a game one time. Yeah, and um, he spit so, in their face, and I said, "I'm quitting." Give me a fucking beer. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm quitting. No, but like, I I love those sunburst jerseys when they're purple because that's the Phoenix Suns, man. And I think I said yeah. on the last podcast, what's the what makes those uniforms so beautiful? in clean is it's the perfect balance of both purple and orange. You know, it's not like just there's a ton of purple and some orange trim or orange numbers. Like I like the white numbers because it pops on the back. I just, I love everything about it. I love seeing them on the court today. And then obviously to see them perform in the manner in which they did was something that uh, was just absolutely spectacular. You know, it's, it's, it's something they came out great start in that first quarter. Uh, they had they put together an 11-0 run in that first quarter, first quarter. They scored 37 points, Matthew. They were 11 from 24 from the field, five of nine from beyond the arc, and then they held the Warriors to under 30. Uh, what was your feeling after you kind of saw that first quarter and, and how the game was shaping up to be? It was nice. I was actually excited for both teams. It was one of those games, like you mentioned in the beginning, where if we were to lose, I'd be like, you know what? I don't care because this is a series. If it were to happen in playoffs, like it should have happened last year, but mm-hmm. I trust this team a little bit better just maybe because it's new. Um, I just think it's going to be like a seven game series, no matter what, because they get up and down the defense in the beginning was not being played towards the end of like the second quarter. They were just having the hardest time because it's early in the season. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get their legs underneath them, but no one was guarding the paint. Free dunks for anybody. Uh, coaches couldn't be too mad because I feel like the defensive effort was there in the first quarter. Second quarter, not so much because I think they were just so fucking tired. But oh, re- yeah. what's really nice is the Suns could just match them, right? When before Clay was thrown out, we were matching what they had with their starter lineup. We were matching their um, their depth in their, their second unit. The Suns look good. The Suns can keep up with them. They went to Aiden early, which was nice. Yes. Get him involved early. Booker looked good, of course. Chris Paul's shot was falling. So everything was kind of coming into sync in a perfect time. When you got those purple jerseys on, you have the Warriors there. Uh, The crowd, you can hear some of the Warriors fans there. So it's kind of like, ah, you know, yeah, Phoenix is a nice place to live. So it's kind of a compliment. So you kind of kind of block that out. Um, But, dude, I think the Suns were exceptionally great from start to end. I mean, anytime the Warriors came back, and cut it close in the first half in the first quarter, the Suns would pull back out mm-hmm. and take the lead, whether it's the bench or the first unit. So that's something the death on this team is a big question. But I feel like they kind of they they kind of gave us an answer there in the first quarter, maybe second quarter. Well, and just the whole first half, right? The whole first half itself was just some really fun basketball to watch. Uh, as, as I mentioned, after everything was said and done in the first half, it was seventy-two to, to sixty-six. But to your point, Matthew, you know, this is a good measuring stick. The Clippers were a good measuring stick, too. The Clippers were a good measuring stick for the Phoenix Suns to say, hey, how can you perform offensively when you're going against a team that just has some size relative to wing play? Because that that chunks people up. And what's going to make the the Los Angeles Clippers successful throughout the regular season is you're going to catch them on a Sunday night. You're going to catch you're not in you're not a seven game series. So you're not game planning for their athleticism 
in the wing position. And the Suns passed that test in flying colors. This game was, you know, from a more of a competitive and experiential standpoint, this is a team that is very similar to the Phoenix Suns because when we talked about the Clippers, we're like, this is a team, like, watch them at the end of the season because they don't have any chemistry. We're playing against a team in the in the Warriors that have chemistry. They mirror the Phoenix Suns because their core has been together for a long time. What was exciting and one of the big question marks we had entering this season was the bench. Is to see the way that the bench performed in the first quarter heading into the second quarter against the Warriors bench. Because if the, if you were to ask any Warriors fan, and trust me, I'll talk about it a little bit on subreddit stakeout a little bit later, but they are very unconfident in their bench as well because their bench is a young bench. And the Phoenix Suns, as much as we have, and me personally, have been frustrated and worried about what this bench is going to look like coming into the season, they are a veteran bench. And we saw that tonight, and we saw some of that cohesiveness, even with some new parts uh, that really excelled and and carried those leads and held the, and not only held them defensively, but could provide their own offense and really did a great job of extending that lead to your point, Matthew. Anytime they get close, the Suns could just stay that far ahead of them. And I mean, the, the Warriors came out and they tied it at one time. It was like 55, 55, and they got close in the second half for a very little bit. And then team took. Yeah. Off. And uh blaze Megatron brought it up. Another great point by him. Like always Poole was really the only reason it was close early. He was lighting up our bench. True. Like the way Poole plays, he can basically pull away or cut the lead short by himself. Super mm-hmm. quick. I think in six minutes he had 12 points right away. So of course, you know, it's it's pool and it's the broadcast loves pool. And he just when he makes his shots, they look so great. They're kind of like Steph-esque in a way, right? In mm-hmm. a, a little bit. He, he's kind quick of in release. the middle of a clay and Steph. It just looks nice, it looks pretty. He has a pretty game like Steph. So coming off the bench, it's just it's tough to defend that. But and like you said, they have like the the other guy, like Jonathan Kaminga. Kaminga's a guy where I don't, they don't know if he's going to pan out or not. Like there's, there's little spurts or some effort there, but they're not always. So it's like, yeah, they do have questions. And then also the Suns had questions like Payne and Craig and they came through. So it's kind of like the Suns kind of answered a lot of their own questions. And then like the Warriors kind of were just like, we don't know yet. Like, but, but then yeah, again, but it's game four of the season. It's right? game like, four. These, yeah. these are the things that we're learning. And again, there, there's going to be down performances, and we'll be right here to be with the down performances and be frustrated by them. But there were some performances tonight that I thought were absolutely fantastic from the starters and the bench. Uh, but let's start with the starters. You got, I think you can't talk about this game without talking about Devin Armani Booker. Big Dick Booker. we go here we go another great stat line from devin booker in this game he played 35 total minutes he was 10 of 19 from the field three of eight from beyond the arc 11 of 14 from the free throw line he ended with 34 points he had seven assists and two rebounds uh, he did have three turnovers but he also had three steals matthew How, wh- where do you even start with devin booker because he's the one he won the mind game because this was a mind game and you saw it come to fruition, obviously, in the third quarter that ultimately led to the rejection of Kate, Clay Thompson. And that's a direct result of Devin Booker. Because Clay Thompson, he's a great defender, and he was trying to lock up D-Book, and he started to talk some shit. And you know what? Devin Booker started talking some shit, too, because he don't care. He ain't got no friends. And that yeah. was the tipping point of the game. 
it comes down to basically how last year ended. I feel like this is going to happen a lot this season where the Suns are going to get a lot of shit talked to. And if Booker went over the line, I don't know what he said, but I think post game, he was saying how he loves clay, but when they compete, it's something different. And mm-hmm. uh, it's hard not to watch them post game after this one. Right. I know, right. <laughs> Pro I TNT. Know. I'm like, yeah. you know, it's tough, but Booker does. He, um, he's going to talk shit all the time. The thing is like coming into the season, I'm kind of like, can we quietly just go through the season when our games gets to the playoffs and they hit it. But Booker's not that way. Booker is going to talk shit no matter what. When Clay is struggling, he had two points and he had two technicals tonight. Mm-hmm. It's going to suck. It's going to get in his head. But the thing is, I think there's going to be these games where like Draymond and Clay, they're just going to do shit like this. Oh, yeah. Like if someone pisses them off, they're like, wait, wait, I can get ejected and it doesn't fucking matter. I know if I get ejected, it's not going to hurt my team. It's not going to hurt the chemistry because it's, it's not going to hurt game. Exactly. And I don't know if, if, uh, uh not steph curry if um yeah i guess if steph curry or even like their head coach what the fuck is his name steve kerr will even care like you think steve kerr is gonna is gonna even give a shit i don't know he might not to the fire yeah he but then also it's like i think these guys can get away with a lot it wasn't so long ago where they actually were coaching the game towards the end of the game what three years ago against the suns so they can do a lot of what they want Booker, I think he was fine. He didn't get too heated. He didn't get too crazy nope. as Clay, but he can't. I think he has to stay there for his team. He did the right thing. The only thing that I think he's he's gonna kill himself over tonight are those free throws. The three free throws he missed. Yeah, you can tell when he misses those free throws because he's a perfectionist. He wants to make sure that those are sticking. And when they're not, dude, if they're not going down, he's having a rough night. Just even though the box score looks good, he is so. He's so precise about those He's free throws. He wants to make man. sure they go in. And when he went down the floor earlier in the game, I was like, what the fuck? When it looked like he oh, got hurt. I know. Then he was right fine. The he came path, back. Too. Yeah, and he scored five points right after. So I'm like, okay, he's fine. But then I hope I don't hear anything where it's like, Booker's out two weeks. You know what I mean? That always happens. Oh, yeah. It's like we always see something, and it's like, oh, Booker's out two weeks, or Cam Johnson's out. You know what I mean? So I hope that doesn't happen. That was a scary moment. When Booker went down, he grabbed at his knee, and he was limping for like three or four possessions. I was just like, ah, shit. Because if you remember last year, early in the season, remember, he got hurt against the Warriors. It's one of those big games. It was in December, I want to say. It was one of those big games. We're all very excited for it. And he went down early, and we're just like, shit. And that's the first thing that went through my mind was the fact that, oh, great, Devin Booker getting hurt in the national spotlight. And, you know, we just got to kind of – navigate this over the next few games and, and figure out what's going to happen. But then I looked down at the box score and, in, and, you know, simply in the first quarter alone, you know, Booker went three of six from the field and had 10 points. I was like, okay, he had 16 points at the half. I was like, okay, book is cooking. He, he's going to be just fine. You know, again, I think the important thing here to note is the fact that Devin Booker versus Clay Thompson is something we need more of in this NBA. One of the reasons that we love Devin Booker is his competitiveness, to your point, right? Like, he misses free three throws. You know he's pissed off about that. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, he's pissed at that. And you heard him. And, you know, fuck, you know, like, he's pissed. (laughs) But he, like, he doesn't have friends. He's not, he's too busy hanging out with the Kardashians, man. He's not, like, hanging out at camps with guys and going, you know, spending the off seasons with them. He's one of those old school NBA competitive guys. You know, that's why. He's got a little bit of that Mamba mentality, right? He's got that kind of just that competitive factor that that you want in a player like who who's your franchise player. 
the guy who's now averaging 32.5 points per game and through the first four games yes. of the season, nice. a guy who's for the first time in the history of this franchise and this is what the 55th year to score 30 points in the first four games of the season. I said it before the season began, we're entering prime Devin book season and he's not, he's not coming. He's not feathering it in. He's coming out competitive. He's going right at the opposition. And I love that, you know, clay and, and Booker yelling at each other and, and just talking shit the whole time. That's basketball, man. That's the basketball that I grew up when the Suns were wearing these jerseys, the, the the 90s jerseys, man. That's what it's about. You look at the Clay, the Clay Thompson side of this. He was one of eight from the field, 0 of 5 from deep, and he only scored two points. And per ESPN stats, Clay Thompson shot 0 for 4, including 0 from 3 from three point range when Devin Booker was his primary defender tonight before his first career ejection. So Devin Booker was locking him up. And then Clay Thompson had that one, you know, like two consecutive possessions in that third quarter, which there were seven technical fouls in that third quarter. <laughs> I mean, it started to get chippy real bad and real quick. And the text started flying and we knew it was coming. We're like, oh, shit. But up leading up to that point, Devin Booker, you know, Clay Thompson shut him down on a couple of possessions, but Devin Booker shut him down all game. And I think he let him know that. And I think Clay Thompson just couldn't stop. And, you know, when you start to have to flash your rings and remind everybody that you got the rings, it's like, yeah, they, they hit that next level, right? They hit that next yeah, level yeah. Talk, where it's like, that's your only defense. Yeah. And I kind of wish it didn't get that far, like blown out of proportion because I kind of wanted them just to stick around and keep playing. I, I loved it. Yeah. As soon as I they wanted were going shit, back and forth. I'm like, just mellow it out a little bit. That way you don't get kicked out. I want to see them go head to head. And I want to see if clay can get like a little heat, like going in the shot just a little bit to see if he can heat up a little bit. And then him and Booker go back and forth. I wanted to see that. I wanted it to be like the old, the, the, the old two yard that was the best in the NBA versus now the current best two guard, which of course is kind of like, it's kind of a gone position. It's not even a real yeah. position anymore. That's why it's so fun. Cause it's like two of the only two true two guards left. Exactly. Going at it tonight. Yeah. Man. And I really wanted to see that. So that's the only down that's the only down part about this whole game was just really them getting kicked out. And then all the texts and all that towards the, in the third quarter. Cause I just wanted to see him go head to head. No, a hundred percent. And if you take a look at that third quarter, the Phoenix suns outscored the warriors 33 to 20. Like that was the catalyst, right? They are up six going into halftime. They, they end up scoring 33 points to the 24, the, uh, to the Warriors. And the big thing for the Warriors, like, don't get me wrong. Like the technical definitely swung momentum. Um, here's the funny, here's the funny stat that I noticed. There were 13 threes taken by both teams in the third quarter. How many threes were made, Matthew? Um, was it zero? Zero. Yeah, no I, team. I can no always team. tell. <laughs> you're, no. that's, that, you're, <laughs> what is it? Six? Like John's just throwing some <laughs> random. No, zero threes were made by either team in that third quarter. Uh, but the, the sun shot 11 for 21 from the field. Uh, and we're 11 from 12 from the free throw line where the Warriors were four from six. And if you look on the totality of the game, the Phoenix Suns were 28 of 34 from the line. The Golden State Warriors had half of that relative to attempts. They had 17. They were 13 of 17. So the Suns were a plus 15 from the line. Let's talk about it, Matthew. If you go into in the subreddit stakeout, that's what everyone's talking about, is the free throw disparity. Was this like market correction. Like we finally got some calls. Uh, no, <laughs> you know what? I knew we were going to talk about this and I'm kind of, I'm just, to. I know, I know, I know. I just, I'm just, I'm sick of talking about free throws and it, it's fine. I think the Warriors did get snubbed on a few of those calls. They did early on. They were 
total cheap fouls, but that happens all the time. Yeah, and I just in the first three games of the yeah, season, right? But then once it happens to where uh, Wiseman or Looney or whoever, I think it was Looney setting a screen and they called a foul. Yeah, that that was a foul, and then they get upset about that. It's like then it's like okay, so if you are committing fouls, then you're upset about those ones because they keep piling on because you are actually making mistakes. So yes, there's mistakes made by the refs all the time. I was surprised to see like the Suns were up 17 to nine of free throw attempts yeah. at one point. So we're used to this. We're used to not getting calls, but I'm I'm saying I'm on the Warriors side on this part where in the first half there were some shitty calls, and that's fine. That's well, just the, the catalyst, way it is. It the thing evens that, out. It ends up evening out later the, on. The thing that changed this game was uh, uh, Draymond Green being upset because you know he felt he was fouled by DeAndre Ayton, and the first camera angle on TNT of that. It looked like he fouled him. I thought it was a foul. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to get the call. And then I once I saw yeah. him get up and start yelling, I'm like, he's going to get teed up now. And that kind of started everything. So I'll call it I'll call it like it lies. Like, yeah, the Suns got the benefit of some calls. Finally, we got the benefit of some calls. I'm not going to be upset about it because nine times out of ten, we don't get the benefit of the calls. But to your point, Matthew, it all evens out over the over the long term. You know, take it would have, yeah. Yeah. If, well, take, if they would have stayed in the game, it would have, yeah. Take 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 a, a look at the playoffs last year. I mean, the Phoenix Suns every game had a free throw disparity of like seventeen. So if it happened in Game Four and it went our way, <laughs> fuck it, I don't care. I'll take it, man. I'll, I'll exactly. I'll take, when's it gonna yeah. be my time? Watch. I was excited for this one, man. Eight and watch. Okay, so his final stat line: uh, twenty-five minutes played for Da. Okay, he only, he only played yeah. in 25 minutes. He got a long rest there for a while uh, in this, that second quarter. He was 6 of 14 from the field, so not the highly efficient DA that we're used to. 16 points, 14 rebounds, uh, 4 assists as well. He had the 4 turnovers because they were swatting at him. I absolutely love DA tonight, man. I thought that it was a great – I mean, that first quarter alone, you know, again, I, I mentioned that he had 14 shot attempts. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, he had 4 of those shot attempts in the first quarter. And six in the second quarter. I mean, that the first half was clear. Like, we're going to try to attack this team from the inside out. And D.A. was there to oblige them. Yeah, he took advantage of Looney. Looney was out of there. And then all yes. of a sudden, Wiseman comes in. And I'm like, shit, like, I don't want Aiden to get owned by Wiseman. But Aiden just owned his ass, seriously, in the first quarter. Like, he made sure to block him out. Get everything that was like 50 50 balls, Aiden got it. You can hear him yelling and screaming down yes. there, which was good. It's, I mean, Tipping I'm not being a dick. around. I'm just saying, own his ass, meaning like Aiden knows Wiseman, you know, second year, you just want to make sure that he, first real year playing, he doesn't own you. And Aiden did such a good job against him, really finding good spacing against anybody he was. Uh, I think it was actually more mismatches down low in the paint early on. But his mm-hmm. first six points, and this doesn't even seem like a big deal, but it is for Aiden. First six points it were four points from the free throw line, four for four, which was great. The only thing is it was an A-plus night tonight. If Aiden doesn't get – if he doesn't pull off the end ones more near the rim yeah. and follow through towards the end of the year, like we're going to have some issues in the playoffs. He has to work on that. Yeah, He did get to the free throw line. He did, but he's just still going around people. He needs to get through them, go through them. But overall, dude – I think it's going to be, I think it was a great game by him. Um, even to finish the game, he came out with six minutes, six minutes left, but he had five fouls. He probably would have came back in, but the Suns kind of just pulled away, uh, which is nice to have Jock back him up because you put him in there. Jock can help out and he can just kind of be in place of Aiden and ways on defense and offensively. So 
I don't know. It was a good game, but just that one thing, man. If if Aiden can just figure out how to gain that strength to get those and ones, he'll be unstoppable down there. No, I completely agree. And you know, again, just being a little bit more physical through the play to your point is what we want to see a little bit more from DA. He's doing a lot of those turnaround kind of jumpers. He's doing a lot of the bunnies, if you will. And if you go towards the hoop, obviously you can put yourself in the end one situation. Now, that being said, he put Looney in foul trouble, like you said, right off the bat. And that's what we need more of from DA, right? Like that's, that, that's the cheat code that is DA. Cause it one, it gets him to the line and two it puts the opposing center in foul trouble. So advantage DA DA is already a highly talented you know, t- top five, top six, maybe center in the league, if not higher. And that's a debate for another time because I don't really have to sit and think about it. But if he's getting, if he's putting the opposition in foul trouble and getting their second team center on him, now he's going to feast. You know, it's just put a napkin on, get a knife and a fork and just start eating the competition. So that's one thing that I really like to say, or I'd really like to see from him. And we saw that tonight. He was playing like a man, dude, out there playing physical to your point. He was active on the boards. He was the tip outs, the, the screens he was setting were hard. Uh, the box outs he was doing, like it was engaged DA the, every, the 25 minutes he played, it was engaged DA the whole time. It's national TV DA, right? And I like that he's rolling hard to the cylinder. But the one of the things that I like the most is he was talking shit to Draymond. You know, passive, yes, yeah. passive DA yep. is an issue we've had in the past where he just kind of goes out there, kind of puts his head down. You know, kind of just, uh, you know, he's like, I'm just going to kind of do what I need to do. No, he was out there talking shit to, to Draymond. You know, Draymond was trying to, you know, so, uh, and and what you would see on like a back screen is he would screen and then he'd push Draymond. And I saw little things like that. I'm like, that's what I like to see. That's the, that, that's the Devin Booker. Devin Booker is going to do all that little petty shit that you need to do to be successful. And DA was doing that in this game as well. And I think it was uh, highly effective. And again, you know, a 16 and 14 game exactly what you need from your big man, exactly what you need from him. Yeah, perfect. And it's nice. Three out of four games so far this season, been solid efforts, AA+. Yep, AA+, to start the season. A guy who's kind of had some trouble so far starting the season that everyone's kind of been riding. Guess what? He looked pretty good tonight. The point So entering this game, Chris Paul was shooting 32.1% from the field and 9% from beyond the arc, and everybody got done lost their mind. And a point that I've made here on the podcast, uh, I wrote a piece for Bright Side to Sun about it, how his usage rate, although it's been falling, it's been better for the team because, again, it allows them confidence and it puts them in situations where they have to handle the ball. See the Portland game. DA's on the line, you know, with the, the game on the line because he's involved in the play. It's not all Chris Paul. That's where growth occurs, Right. But tonight, he kind of silenced the critics a little bit. 35 minutes played, which is a little too much for me, especially in like a blowout win at the end. You know, I don't know why. What was his fourth quarter minutes? I'm going to look that up real quick. Let's see here. Fourth quarter only. Chris Paul played 10 minutes, 29 seconds. Two minutes. Yeah. Dude, like you you, could could have cut him at like six and we would have been fine. Mm -hmm. But anyways, Chris Paul, five of 10 from the field, four of five from beyond the arc. 80% tonight. Uh, He goes for seven total rebounds, nine assists, 16 points, a plus 21 on the night. Is everything okay with the point guard? Can everyone kind of like pump the brakes a little bit? Is it okay to do that? Yeah. yeah. No, I was, I was, I was okay. But yeah, yeah, I think everyone can kind of see how, you know, the, the usage percentage going down that hurts his mojo, man. It does. He's all about just, you know, doing the same thing day in, day out. You talked about on the JJ Reddick podcast last year where he's like, you have the same routine. 
once that starts to like kind of hit you where you're not going to get the same minutes, you're going to come out at different points. Even last year he was doing that. It affects mm-hmm. a lot, dude, because he was doing the same thing for 18, 19 years. Now he has to change it up a little bit. And you can kind of tell that like he's just kind of free flowing back there. You know, the minutes are there, but he's kind of in the back hitting those threes, getting to his spot still. He still had the nine assists. Um, I know last pot I was talking about his passing was kind of sketchy. He still had 11 assists last game, which was good, which was great. Nine tonight, mm-hmm. great. But his his passing was better too. He just looked like a better player all around tonight. Um, but I don't know. Like he uh, he still doesn't seem like so noticeable on the offensive end. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's really good to kind of hide him now in a, in a way to where, you know, he's not doing too much. So um, well, here's great. Here's Hit the great shots. thing. Okay. Entering tonight. He had, he was at f- what? 15.9% usage rate. Okay. What do you think his usage rate was tonight? If you were to just guess. Um, 12.6. Yeah. I was going to say higher, or lower than 14.9%. Jamsters, you can, or, or, or 15.9%. Jamsters, you can answer that in the, in the chat as well. And again, if you're here and you're hanging out in the chat live on YouTube, go ahead and hit that thumbs up button. If you're listening to this at another time, go ahead and just give somebody a thumbs up. If you got your AirPods in and you're walking around and you're listening to the podcast, Look at somebody and just give them a thumbs up. <laughs> you know, that, that that's what we're asking. Good good juju. Just throw it out there. So uh, Luke Fair says 69% usage rate. Blaze says higher. Um, that's pretty much 69. it. His usage rate was 14.9 in this game. Okay. It was lower than it was. But he was just more effective in that time with his shooting capability. Again, the Suns are dialing him back from a usage standpoint. So even though he had uh, 35 minutes played, it's not the same as it was last season when he was upwards of 19% usage percentage. And that's what's valuable for this team because DA's handing the ball more. Cam Johnson, Mikhail, Booker, yada, yada, yada. Like, they're the ones who are handling the ball. I mean, Booker had a 29% usage rate. DeAndre Ayton had a 29 usage percent rate. Uh, Jock Landau, 27.8, and campaign 20. So that's 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 the, the change in the Phoenix Suns this season. And I want to see if it progresses and it happened tonight. And we got 16 and nine out of the point. God with seven rebounds. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's not only is that great basketball, that's great analysis by the Suns jam session podcast right there. Pulling up by stats you. live. Pulling up stats you. live here. There Who doesn't go. worry about stats? Me. This guy. <laughs> Unless John's not doing the pod, then maybe I'll. Then you're <laughs> just like, like just, just reading them. Uh, the, the one last thing I want to talk about for the point guard real quick, Matthew, I hope you were thinking of me. He hit a buzzer beater, a buzzer yeah, beater to I go did. into the halftime. Yep. I was like, thank I you, did. God. You I got did. One. I almost took a train to your house, dude. I was like, I have to get there quick and just let them know. Hey, man, thinking about I got, you. I got to get there quick. I got to take a train. <laughs> that's, uh, that's <laughs> okay. Well, what else do you take, man? My new Mazda CX-30? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take take your helicopter. Okay, Okay. so who should we talk about next? How about this is a nice limo? Yes, it is. Now suck my Jock Landale. All right, we got it. We got more minutes from Jock. Okay, Uh, personal fouls one. So (laughs) twenty-two minutes. You know, we were talking about this the first three games. Like, if he could just stay out of foul trouble, we'll get more jock and good things will happen. You take a look at the bench and you look at the plus minus from the bench, right? Like, Tory Craig, zero, because that's what he does. Eight plus minus from campaign. <laughs> Eight from Landry Shamit. Negative five for Damian Lee. Five for Josh Kogi, but he played in the last, like, minute 31. It was a plus 27 for Jock Landale tonight, man. <laughs> yeah, plus 27. He had 17 points on six of 12 shooting. 
Uh, he had seven rebounds as well. Um, and he and he hit one three, but that one three I felt was in. John, do we lose you? He's frozen. Did Jock? <laughs> Am I back? Yeah. I'm frozen. I'm right into yeah. it. Yeah, there you are. Now you're good. Oh, my Wi-Fi is getting funny. That hasn't happened in Uh-oh. a year. I know. It's been a while, dude. Where were the you, hell? though? What the hell's going on? Where, what did you miss me at? Talk uh, about just Jock. Right, right in the middle. All right. So <laughs> when he first started, dude, I was actually kind of like, oh, no, he mishandles a pass. And then he gives up an offensive rebound. I'm like, oh, no. Is this going to be like that Jock game where like I eat the my Jacques. own words where where he's uh, – I didn't say Jock – where he's an actual – where he's not an actual starting center in the league. I have to eat those words from last – uh, podcast but no no no, dude slow start but he actually hits a three he uh deflects he doesn't deflect the the shot from um pool a little layup but he alters it really great play comes back down and then two free throws for the suns five point lead for the suns it was a tie game at that point that was a big turning point that was a point where it was a tie game and the suns were actually looking like this might be a more competitive game and it, it was but then mm-hmm. jock is that guy of course off the bench who can come in and and do that shit. Dude, that is huge. Like the little things, like Massive. the alter, like pull, he's going up for the layup. You're like, oh, this is going to be easy. But the way he just defends that perfectly, avoiding the foul and then getting the free throws at the other end, that's just something that we haven't had from a backup center ever. Like this is just, it's perfect. It was a kind of a shaky start, but I'm going to let you have your Jacques moment now, now that you're looking good. I'm not pixelated anymore. I hope I wasn't <laughs> pixelated on those of you listening to the podcast. No, I just like unbelievably excited about the way that he came out and played to your to your uh, point. Happy birthday, Jock. Happy oh, birthday. birthday. Today's huh? his birthday. Happy birthday to my little brother, Paul. He's 37. So him and Jock Landell, you know, they can both yeah. suck my Jock. Um, no, that's really weird. Uh, but Jock Landell, the way you, you nailed it, he, the intensity he brings in, the consistency he's been bringing in through the first four games, and I get it. Four games is a small sample size for anything. It really is. But I'd rather see what he's doing than not see what he's doing. You talk about never having something like this with the Phoenix Suns. I thought we had an amazing center rotation last year. It truly was a strength of this team, was the fact that we had DA and then JaVale McGee and Bismack if we need him. What Jock is doing is like steps and bounds above what my expectations were. I expected a hustle guy. I expected kind of like a like a maybe a little bit more physical Lou Amundsen, right? Like somebody who comes in and, and definitely has the energy and can grab some boards and gets the crowd going. But what he's doing on offense, what he's doing shot deterring, what he's doing from those Jock blocks, like he's doing all those little things that help that second team be successful both offensively and defensively. And again, you're seeing this in consecutive games. And through the first four games of the season, he has been probably the fan favorite, the best surprise of the season. And just looking for, and and I'll tell you what, the 11 looked good in that old 90s jersey today too with the Landell on the back. I was like, damn, dude, we got to get the Aussie Suns fans podcast, (laughs) one of those jerseys, man, and and just put it in the ocean and hope it makes it way. Hope it makes its way all the way (laughs) to Put it in a bottle? Yeah, ship it. Put it in a bottle and just hope hope they get it. Hey, guys. Yeah, you're gonna get in like three months. We'll see what yeah, kind, of, kind of condition is. Uh, really quick, Vincent Brown, really good point. Jock doesn't worry about making mistakes; he just plays, and that's totally Great what point. he does. Like he, that's exactly it. Sums it up perfectly. Like how he plays, he just doesn't give a shit, and that's what I keep saying. Like every game, he doesn't. He just that big three. You don't really want him to shoot it, but it goes in. It's like hell yeah, dude. The good old no no nest no 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 yes three. Yep. Yes, it's like, exactly. gosh darn it. So again, Jock Landell amazing game 
I'm, I'm interested to hear your your uh, thoughts on Cam Johnson. Lights, Cameron, action. So you take a look at what Cam Johnson did this evening. Again, you know, getting a start, 33 minutes. Was 3 of 11 from the field and 1 of 6 from beyond the arc. Had 9 points. He's the only member of the starting uh, squad not to score in double figures. Had 5 rebounds to assist. Thoughts on Cameron Johnson this evening? Uh, you know, it's just kind of like he's a maniac out there running around. Uh, he's underneath the hoop trying to, you know, grab those putbacks, but just throwing them up over his head. A lot of weird stuff. It looks like he's getting electrocuted at times out there. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, but maybe the pressure is kind of getting to him where he knows that Jay is gone for good. So he has a starting four. And we keep talking about how Craig is just his backup. That's maybe not good enough. You know what I mean? So maybe the pressure is getting to his head. Maybe he just is taking on too much and he's a chill out. Because I told you in the first game, he just looked like he was trying too hard. So mm-hmm. he can't be that way. But then tonight, he just looked crazy. Like he was off his meds, man. I don't know what to expect of him ever going into games. I really don't. You know, if his threes aren't falling, he, everything was very strong tonight, hitting the back of the rim. It just never looks good unless his threes are falling. And I don't want that to be Cameron Johnson, where it's just like, all right, his threes aren't falling. Now he can do something else. I want it to be that way. I don't want it to be where his threes aren't falling. We can't expect anything else because I know he can do a lot more. I just maybe wish that maybe Jay is there to help guide him and help him in that way. That's the only reason I kind of want Jay back. Um, but I just think mentally he's not handling it right right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's early in the season. It's in a role he's definitely adjusting to, and you're seeing that because he is trying a little too hard. You see it. He'll, he'll make a great – I mean, he had some wide-open shots early. He was doing a great job of getting to his spots getting, and getting so open. And then, like, there's one where he had, like, a 19-footer. He bricked it. He followed up, got the rebound, had, like, a six-foot floater and bricked that. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's a little thing. So I feel like he's on the right track, and that's what's most important. It's like Chris Paul. Chris Paul in the, in the first couple games, you know, especially, you know, 9% from beyond the arc. It's not like he was taking bad shots. It's just the shots aren't falling. He's in the right spot. He's wide open. So it's just a matter of them falling. I think the same thing's going to happen with Cam Johnson. I'm not worried in any way, shape, or form. This is the one guy who's part of this, this core, this starting five, who's been together for two years. He's the first one to kind of break into the rotation, and he's just learning how to play with these guys. He's played with them in spurts, but he hasn't had to play with them for 33 minutes a game. So there's a learning curve that's going to occur there. But if the Suns are going 3-1 and one and they're stomping the Clippers and they're stomping the Warriors while he's trying to figure himself out, guess what? Good things will happen. Mm-hmm. Now, my question yeah. is, how did you feel when you saw him hit the ground and, you know, wincing on the court and the tailbone? I was just like, God, here we go again. You know what? He got right back up when they came over there. So I think anytime he falls, he's so worried about something really bad happening. That's why he's just like, wait, 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 let me feel it. Let me feel it. Okay, nothing. Yeah. All right. Now I'm okay to get up because I think he just worries every time because he knows he's that player now where if he gets hurt, everyone's going to be like, Cam Johnson again. It's kind of like yeah. me and my migraines. Matthew, oh, another fucking Matthew's migraine. Got a migraine word. again. Same exact way, and people don't understand. So I'm going to have to up Suns Geeker coach to, to do the pod tonight because Matthew can't even see, open his <laughs> eyes. He's in a dark room just crying back and forth. No, I think I think you're right. You know, he, he's just he's learning kind of how to feel out everything. And I'll tell you what, his backup is Tory Craig, and he's earned his drop back, at least for now, two games in a row. What's up? The juice was loose tonight, man. He looked yeah, really man. good. Okay. You know, uh, 10 minutes played, three of four from the field, including two of three from beyond the arc, eight points. And though, if you look at those three pointers that he made, like all of his points came in the first half. In that highly competitive first half, we had Torrey Craig playing really good basketball on both ends. I'm, 
again, like there, there's certain things that I'm happy to eat my words coming into this season. I'm happy to be eating my words about Tory Craig and I'll, I'll eat a little crow here shortly. When we talk about Cameron Payne's uh, performance, I, I'm happy to see these players who I've been doubting coming into the season. Cause I just don't know if they had it. I don't know if they're washed or not. And both Cameron Payne and you know, Tory, the juice Craig, are looking good right now. The juice was loose tonight. Parker Hines, you know this man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think his spacing, or I'm sorry, his uh, actual, like, just the angles he's taking defensively and the way he, where he's actually placing himself between the defender, it's it's getting better. He's never just, like, out in the open somewhere, just random. He's always just, like, in the, between the guy and the basket, or he's just having a, he's, he's basically just, like, he has his arm, the guy, it won't let, let go. You know what I mean? If you're like mm-hmm. playing the game where you just can't let go of a Mercedes, otherwise you, lo- if you lose, you lose a Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. It's like, it's like, dude, something valuable. He's putting his, like his arm on him. He just can't let go. He's just always right there with the guy. And that's a defense we kind of expected. And that's, if that's happening, everything else is fine. The threes they are coming perfect timing in and, the beginning and, and of they'll the game, go and they'll go they, they too, will but, but as celebrate as when they when happen <laughs> yeah defense is there it's good the boards anything you do to help tip those balls out it's always great to have that you know what i mean i love what steven says in the chat he goes if juice keeps playing this way he needs to have male genitalia as a part of his name all good sons players do that's correct. We don't mm-hmm. have anything like we don't have big cock Craig yet because he hasn't gotten to that level. Yeah. But when the Cro- when that level crocodile comes, cock. crocodile Wait, cock Craig. Cocks, I think. I don't I, even. Know. I, I have no idea. I, I'm I'm not a <laughs> biologist. Be, no, it's fine. Somebody can deal. Somebody, somebody can figure that out. But again, I think you're right when it comes to his spacing, the way that you know his defensive intensity. These are two games where I feel like it was very beneficial to the way the style of play benefited and and, and highlighted Tory Craig's strengths. As the season progresses, we're going to see some different matchups. And, you know, there's a reason he's a bench player for, you know, in the NBA. He's, he's not going to be consistent because if he was, he'd be a starter. But in these games, again, huge to see him perform the way that he did. And to get those two threes, I thought was fantastic. And Cameron Payne played absolutely fantastic. Tonight. Here comes the pain. Cameron Payne, 13. Oh, that was it. He only played 13 minutes. Wow. 13 and a half minutes, three of six from the field. Didn't take any stupid threes. He had a couple where he was wide open and like three steps behind the three-point line, and he dished it. I love that from Cameron Payne. Ended with eight points, also had five assists, and only had one turnover. This was a great game by Cameron Payne. He even finished with the right hand on one play. And I thought it was I, – I honestly think, and this is something that I wrote in my notes, and tell me if I'm – you know, if you're noticing this, one, he's confident and engaged. And the key word there is confident because when he's not confident, we've seen it, right? Like he, he hangs his head. Yeah. Low sun says it. his pain hustle is back when he's not confident. He hangs his head. And then it kind of, it, it throughout the game and it, it gets worse and worse, if you will. But I think playing with Jock Landell has really done a good job of opening his ability. Jock has a gravity to him. And because he's down there and he's pounding in the paint, guess what? Because Payne's so quick, he can beat his defender off the dribble. And then you got a guy who's got to make a business decision. Am I going to go after Cameron Payne and try to block his shot? And if I do, I'm going to dish it to to, uh, to Jock Landell. And if not, I'm going to throw a little floater right over you. So I think that that, like, let's continue to monitor that throughout the season, how Jock and Cameron Payne minutes play out for this team. Oh, I love the sound of that. I hope that's something because that's going to be awesome because you're yes. right. Him and Jock look so good. 
the way that Cameron Payne was using the, like the screens and the crowds and speeding around them to get to the rim or dish it off to the jock. It was perfect. It was nice. He was like actually more, I put this in my notes. He was like, this doesn't make any sense. He was more sucked into the rim, meaning like he wasn't like floating away, like drifting out like a tide. You yes. Know, just, you when know, he out to the middle of the away. ocean. He was like a storm drain, dude. He was just being sucked right into the rim. That's what I, I like just, it. like everything that he was doing, passing, laying it up. He actually laid it up next to the rim. Like his layup, his, I think his fingertips maybe touched oh, the rim. Wow. That's, he wasn't that's, falling out of bounds, running no, by like a Barbosa Everything shot. was going forward towards the rim. That's where he needs to be. And the more I feel like in the past where he's more hesitant, throws up those little floaters, those ones get blocked. Those ones always are missed. Mm-hmm. If he can just like extend his arm and put more oomph into it, I feel like it's getting closer to the rim and it's easier for him just to make those. I mean, that's the easiest well, and, thing I've ever said, but, but on the other side thing. of that, you know, it also hurts you defensively when he's falling away from the basket, falling out of bounds, trying to do some crazy shot. It bricks and the other team's heading off on a fast break. So, when, yeah. when we get efficient pain with that second team unit, it's highly beneficial for this team to, again, to your point, it's like it's not rocket science, but it's something that is observant and is noted because it's things that we missed from him last season. And it's good to see him have those things back. Correct? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're always waiting like, is he doing a drop? Is, is he a doing drop? a drop? <laughs> All right. I got one more drop to do, I think. Um, okay. And it, it goes last because this guy has kind of been disappearing. Lord. What's crazy about this game is Cameron, or I'm sorry, Mikael Bridges, 32 minutes, was 7 of 8 from the field, had 17 points, had 6 rebounds, and 2 assists, and I felt like he disappeared for big chunks of this game on offense and defense. Am, am I wrong? Did the war? No. I mean, of course the Warriors are going to try to, I mean, Steph Curry had him on skates, man. Yeah, I mean, he has everybody on skates. I, fair, you know fair what I mean. Point. Like it's fair impossible. Point. Like you go, Luca, Luca. Maybe you can put him. You can be. You can stay in front of him a little bit. But Steph's impossible. Mikhail, I'll admit it. I don't know how to ever really like take notes about it's him. Tough. Or I almost never do. I just I always have like one sentence or something. But it's probably because it's all defensive, and I just have a hard time keeping up. It's I'm a little, old. It, I can't. It's a little things. It's a little things, and yeah, he gets a quiet 17 points, which is just, it's just like, where did it come out? I think it was more in the fourth quarter. I didn't look, but I feel like he had some easier shots in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. He just kind of goes missing, dude. And I think someone pointed out, like, I really saw a game from him earlier in the chat, but I don't know. Like, yeah, defensively maybe, but it's good. But I don't know what I. I'm so confused with this dude. I just don't know what he is or what's going on. No defensive player of the year material, but oh, offensively yeah. and stuff like, I don't know what to expect. He does a great job. And again, you know, seven frame from the field, highly efficient on the offense. It was a good game, but I just, to your point, like I think cause what he does is so it's all the little things on defense. It's kind of like Sean Marion, right? Like he's the junkyard dog. So you just don't necessarily notice as much of what he's doing. Um, and yeah. that's why like, you, when you yeah king paw 242 says it's like he can get passive at times and you see that a little bit yeah. and i think that again you know it's like um let's see mario lopez what is bridges usage rate too far which i assume is is so far uh his his 12%. usage it was 11.5 tonight yes and then <laughs> and if you look at it thus far in the season which includes tonight um uh, mikhail bridges is 13.5 13.4 Matthew. Wow. Oh my god. Look at you. Oh. 
Yeah. So I mean, what a like, night again. Like he's one of the ones who has to benefit from uh, Chris Paul's lowered usage rate. Obviously, Devin Booker's taking full ex- advantage of it because not only is he crushing it with his uh, what thirty two point five, I think it's what it ended up being thirty two point five points per game, but the manner in which he's doing it and the 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 clip that he's doing it uh, relative to percentages is what he's uh 32.5 he's shooting 53 percent from the field 48 percent from beyond the arc and 88 percent from uh free throw had he hit one of those free throws he'd be a 50 almost 69 or 50 50 90 guy he's that close so he's the one who's kind of taking advantage of that but oh, yeah. again it's his team it is 100 percent. so um a couple of things i wanted to bring up in this game you know thoughts on candace parker calling the game it's fine. I don't know. I don't like three people calling games. Yeah, I know. I'm not really a big fan. And it's interesting because I was on Twitter. A lot of people were just like, Candace Parker only talks when the Warriors oh, score. Yeah, yeah. And it's something like I really didn't notice, if you will. But I, I didn't do know, know who it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I, but, but I will say, like, I like Candace Parker just like I like Skylar Diggins Smith. Like, I feel like there's some really good WNBA players who bring some really good analysis to the game. And I, I, you know, some of the things she she was pointing out in the first half, I was really a fan of. um, And I thought it was a nice addition. Reggie Miller is still fucking dog shit. Can we all agree with that? I mean, Reggie says, you know, you're dog shit. If we have a drop for you and you're an announcer, like this game means more to the Phoenix suns than it does the golden state warriors. What kind of asinine statement is that, man? We even admitted that it's not. Yeah, it's a game no. four for both players yes. or for both teams. If it means yeah. so, if, if it means more to the Warriors that, or to the Suns than does the Warriors, then why is Clay Thompson get his panties such in a bunch and get tossed out of the game? Right, mm-hmm. like you know, Chris Paul got a tech because he was you know he did a little quick frustration thing and it was at a point in the game where they're like, okay, we're gonna start teaming everyone. Devin yeah. Booker got a tech because Clay Thompson bumped into him, so he talked shit to him. You know, it's not like we were getting texts because we were allowing our emotions to dictate our actions. It was the other way around. The Warriors were the ones who were letting the Suns get all up in their feelings. The, Devin Booker broke the Warriors tonight, and Reggie Miller. Re, Re, Reggie's just a, an ass. He's just an ass. Yeah, we do. Brunis ninety two. Yes, we need Rachel Nichols. Okay, we and need she, the devil. She's, she's, she's devil in the flesh. To come here to Phoenix. What does in this the, mean? In the flesh. Oh God. Well, Rachel you, Nichols. Explain you hate Rachel her Nichols so was, much. Damn. No, I just I always knew she was just kind of weird. I but they're all fucking crazy doing that job. But all the players love her. Everyone that she works with loves oh, her. Oh, so. Jimmy Butler loves the shit out of her. Yeah, like, exactly. You but, know what I'm yeah, saying? All so, the players. Yeah, they all. They're big fans. So. Um, other things. Seventy-two points at the half. So, Oh, good job, sons. That's what I'm talking about, man. It was just fun to watch some offensive basketball and, the, and <laughs> oh, it was yeah, successful, dude. you know. Uh, what a, Larry Larry Fitzgerald and, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins were in attendance sitting together. Were they? Possible, possible comeback for Larry Fitzgerald, maybe. Hollywood Brown's down oh. for like six weeks. I'm, Is that still an option? Fantasy. He never really retired, did he? No, I guess he didn't. He just didn't like yeah. Kyler Murray, huh? I, I guess he's like no nah, no there's no way he's like I've been through so he's like I had Kevin Cobb I had Max Hall yeah I, come on John Skelton I had all these shit quarterbacks throwing it to me I can't do it with Kyler <laughs> uh the and the the last thing I had in my notes let's see oh no this is this is something uh, uh Coach Evan B actually messaged me from the He's on Fire podcast and I had this in my notes and this is one thing that I absolutely love we we're talking about the free throw disparity a little bit right. 
the Phoenix Suns are doing something this season that was a major weakness last year. They're taking the ball to the rim. They are attacking the cylinder. And guess what? Now they're getting some calls. Think of how many shots occurred from beyond the arc or in the mid-range last season with the Phoenix Suns. Think how crazy it would drive us when the Phoenix Suns would not take the, the, the ball to the cylinder, would not get free throws, because we knew come playoff time, those are free, easy points. That slows the game down. That's something that plays in the benefit of a team that shoots well and plays great defense. They've been doing that a lot this season, and tonight they they were they benefited from it. When you take the ball to the rim, you're going to get some whistles sometimes. Last year, we didn't even put ourselves in a situation to get those whistles. We would simply just shoot, you know, we would just shoot the ball. We wouldn't go attack the rim. Have you noticed an increase in uh, the ability to attack the rim with this team? Not really. I'll be honest with you. I just well, really now haven't. you will. I'm <laughs> no, tonight there was a little bit of it. I think what did they have 42 threes last night or last game yeah, or something last crazy? Game, yeah. Um, I think they need to find their identity. I don't. Ha I hate to sound like Eddie Johnson up here. You know, my my good old stepdad. Yeah. But Step you know dad. what? If we get more free throws, if you know, if we can just see, if Aiden were to try to dunk on Wiseman, let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens to that team block when <laughs> when there's a few block when there's a few dunks attempted on you. They're gonna start fouling you before you even attempt the free throw or the layup or anything going down there because they don't want to be dunked on. They don't want the aggression. It hurts. They don't want to be touched like that. So I, I think when, once that starts to happen, where Aiden's more forceful, then we will. He has to set the tone, though, down there for everybody. But it's never going to happen. I'm just saying. I no, know it's I'm not going to happen. I'm but just I saying. Think, but I think, like, DA's living a little bit more in the paint. He's rolling hard. And the addition of somebody like Jock Landell, who lives in the paint, is going to automatically increase yeah. your your paint touches and your ability to shoot the ball at the rim. And then, as I mentioned earlier, now you're now you're starting to have some guards and some wings attack the interior a little bit more because they know they got a guy who's already down there looking for the ball, so they can go up and try to yeah, make a yeah. shot. And if not, they're going to dish it. And there's and the possibility for a foul. You're you're you highly increase your your points per possession when that occurs and you have those types of players. So again, another observation, something to monitor. And something I'll probably end up writing this, uh, uh, for Bright Side of the Sun about because it's one of those observations I had. I'm like, hmm, now I need to do some film study and I need to start looking at some statistics, if you will. So just keep that keep that in your pocket. Okay, next game. Smoke let's see. It. Let's okay. see if it happens. Okay. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. <sighs> Sorry. It took me a while. Talk, Matthew. God damn it. <laughs> what you... I think it's more funny to see and watch you struggle, dude. You know, I, I don't gotta, I gotta hair, point, okay? I, I got to point out that John is the best looking man in, in wigs. He wears wigs perfectly. They look so good on him. I don't know what it is. He's stupid. the best with wigs, dude. Stupid is a stupid Dawes. See, it's oh, got no. the Bubba Grump, Bubba Grump shrimp. <laughs> I'm giving a preview because we're going to be doing a, our Halloween episode on the 30th against the Rockets. We got to dress up, Matthew. So, okay, I didn't know. I'll I'll find something. So I was on the the Warrior subreddit tonight, and I listened to some of the things they said. Mama said, "Life is like a box of chocolates," but the Warrior subreddit said, "Booker's not a top ten player." <laughs> <laughs> no. 
There's no way. I don't know if I'm supposed to react to this or what. I'm gonna yeah. let you have your way. Is he? Is he a top? Is Devin Booker a top yes, ten player? Yes, he's a top Matthew. ten player. He's a top ten player, man. I wanted to see him go up against Clay all night and just prove it even more. You know what I mean? <laughs> um. All right. Well, this season is CP3's retirement tour. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> no. No, not at all. He's fine. Even though next to Monty, he looks good up there whenever they, Monty's coaching. And then Chris Paul's standing there next to him, yelling at the rest, too. I'm like, oh, that's the future. That's the Little assistant, assistant coach. coach. Yep, it looks good. Let's see. What else did they say? I, I can only do the Forrest Gump voice for like five seconds. Um, what else did they say on the Warriors subreddit? Not going to lie. This is my favorite son's uni. Wish we wore our 90s unis, too. How great would it be? Because I think they have those. I think they're I think they're playing with those this year. I'm really looking forward to seeing the Warriors uh, – throwbacks but even the warriors fans are complimenting how the phoenix suns look tonight here's a good one uh and this guy named his uh this is his username on reddit luca owned this owns the suns may 15th what a cock beer nice day huh yeah the day and everything he said bro this bum craig looking like corver out there what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) story craig was owning it man it was fantastic fantastic uh fuck chris paul can't stand this cunt that one's for the aussie wow the the aussies fan sons podcast man chris paul didn't even do anything i feel like he was like no one even noticed tonight dude stupid as stupid does um here's one hey the suns are looking really great this year luca hold my beer there was so much shit talking about the suns lost to the mavericks in the subreddit tonight because again You're getting your ass kicked, and you're like, well, you know. So, but, but the Sun, dude, the Mavericks didn't even go to the finals and win the finals, dude. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, exactly. It's like, and then dude, the last, the last thing that they dumb. had was Mikhail Bridges, rubber duck looking ass motherfucker. <laughs> that's just mean, guys. That's just yeah, mean. That's kind of it's kind of funny though. Is that what is that what we're doing? I know it's kind of funny. That's why I put it in there. Rubber so like again, and then the rest of their, you know, because then the Suns just took off. They dogged Clay. Like the entire game, they were you know because Clay was over pretty much. Uh, I think he went what one for. That's what they did last year too. Remember they, they were uh, calling they were, the bench and all that stuff. They were dude. dogging Clay so much in the in the subreddit for the Warriors, and then they and then after the Suns started beating the shit out of them. Who are the Suns? They've never won anything. We've won things. Yada yada yada. So it's just like that typical, you know, whenever you start to beat the shit out of somebody their response is always just going to like bring up the past. It's like, you know what? Yeah. It didn't beat us tonight. And that's the only game I gave a shit about. So how about that? Frustrating. Leave it alone. Mama said, <laughs> "Stupid." <laughs> this has been the subreddit stakeout. The sun's jam session subreddit stakeout. Whew. Having hair is a thing. <laughs> well, when you wear it that way, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm like, oh, it's like in my teeth. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh, I can't wait till Halloween. I got to wear a wig all goddamn day. Um, <laughs> anything else that we didn't talk about on this, Matthew, before we start talking about our next game? Anything at all? Let me go through my notes. Actually, Lee's been kind of missing. He's been the last two games. I think Lee's actually the guy where he's a really good guy, really good player against a really bad team. So that's what we're going to see a lot this year, maybe. But you, but you need that guy, right? You need but we that do guy. need that guy. Shamit still looked pretty good tonight. So those are the two guys 
Yeah, Landry one help. for two, um, two points. Just defensively. Yeah, defensively. And, and Damian Lee, two for five for five points. But again, both of them played solid defense, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I thought they were really valuable. All right, up next for the Phoenix Suns, Friday. Wow, we get like two nights off of doing the pod. That's gonna- are you serious? Yeah. What are we going to do? Go Whoa. to the zoo or something? I have no idea. Oh. Um, yep. We'll, uh, we play the Pelicans on Friday. We'll once again be wearing the Sunburst jerseys. We will be playing the Pelicans, a team that tonight was without Brandon Ingram, yep. without Zion, and without Herb Jones. We don't know the status of, I think, what, what what's Brandon Ingram? Is it COVID? Oh, I'm not sure. I didn't see the reasons why. I saw they were out, so I didn't, I didn't see why. I know um, they still won, though. They still beat the Mavericks. Yeah, they still beat the Mavericks, you know? So, again, yeah. it's, it's a weird season to begin. Game um, seven, though. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> Luca owns the sun May 15th. Let me just go ahead and make that my fucking profile name on Reddit, you clown. Um, but you take a look, you know, if, their injury report tonight, Brandon Ingram was out. He had a concussion. Uh, he was out with a concussion. Herm Jones, day to day with a knee. Carrier Lewis Jr., day to day with a knee. And then Zion Williamson, day to day with a hip. So he was questionable for tonight's game. So or, we'll, we'll see. We got, mm. you know, three nights until we play this team at home. It's hard to predict what this game's going to be, but I will say brightsideofthesun.com. I put together a weekly article called Center of the Sun. I talk about the previous week. I talk about the upcoming week. And I said that the Suns would go two and one this week. I said they beat the Warriors. They lose to the Pelicans. They beat the Rockets. I'm sticking to that. I feel like after everything that kind of happened in this game, this might be a letdown game. And again, this is a team that when we talk about finesse, the fun, the Suns can beat the finesse teams really well because we can play with finesse. When you got teams with size, they're a little bit more of a challenge. Just see the Portland game, right? See what Yusuf Nurkic did to us. Jonas Valanciunas is the same kind of player. DA has a hard time against those kind of players. So if they win the battle of the boards, they win that game, in my opinion. Yeah, I want to see it full strength, though. I think if it's full strength where Zion and Ingram are playing, and I think what Ingram got a concussion going too hard into the bong or something, like just yeah, yeah, head, yeah. Or? Well, that's what happens if you're sitting it and you're trying to pull the the uh, the stem too fast, you hit your head yeah. on the top of the bong, <laughs> you get concussed. He probably has a black eye, too. Uh, yeah, if they're full, if if the if the Pelicans have a full healthy roster suns will win this game i think if okay. it's not it'll be maybe closer just because i think the suns they're not out to prove anything but i just after last season well, i mean the pelicans the playoffs, want this game more than the suns do yeah let's shut do this all season long i can't wait fuck up, be great. shut up <laughs> uh, i do want to thank youtubers in the chat he just proved my point clay we have four what about you uh typical warriors fan showed up in the chat dude. to talk about Talk about their all their rings from previous seasons. Yeah, we don't have any. So what? We beat you tonight. Trying to get one. <laughs> yeah, we just want one. And we beat you tonight. So, I mean, that, that counts for something, right? Like, we beat you tonight. It's all about but, this year, not last year anymore. Yeah. But that's the way it is. But if we're going to live on the past, you know, we can live on the past. I'll tell you what, man. If Suns fans ever won a championship, we would never live, to, live that shit down. And I want that so bad. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Matthew, before we get out of here tonight? Mm, nothing great. Something crossed my mind, but I'll let that one go. Jamsterdam? No. Oh yeah, Jamsterdam. <laughs> Sorry, I've actually had to um, go into the office this week, so I've uh, been a little busy. But uh, yeah, go ahead and check it out. SunsJamsterdam.com. A lot of shit to do out there. Um, if you haven't joined yet, go ahead and email SunsJamsterdam at gmail.com. I can send you a welcome kit, put you in there. You can bet. You can. You can listen. You can play your music. You can do your movie stuff. You can do a bunch of random shit. You can buy, sell these uh, 
these cards that are um, virtual tokens, basically. Um, it's very, very different, very weird, but go ahead and check it out. Whoever's yeah, living there right now is enjoying themselves, dude. Yeah, they're having a great time. So, yeah, check it out. Sunsjamsterdam.com. And thank you, Crazy Luigi. I don't know how why. With everything that's going on. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Jam Star of the Game. How we forget the jam start of the game sometimes. We get so involved. There's in the too game, much to talk about. There's so much to talk about. There's too much, yeah. But it's it's clearly No, it's not Dario Sarge. <laughs> no, I'm not no. Fuck. <laughs> it's not Dario Sarge. Uh who's your jam star of the game? Jamsters, well, if you're you, watching, you go first. let us know. It's Booker, it's man. Your turn. Booker was yeah, fa- yeah. oh yeah, it is my turn to go first. It was Booker, man. Like uh we got we got some love to take, you know, uh Steven. Jock is a star. Everyone is a star on their birthday. Um, it's true. Jock, Booker, Booker, Devin, Da, and and uh, Jock, Big Dick Booker, Book from the Aussies Suns fans pod. Check them out when you guys get a chance. Fantastic content. Loved watching their last show. It's two hours long, and there's like pink unicorns, and they've got a guy calling in from the hospital and Boyd. Right. I mean, it's just it's fun shit. Sounds like Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It really does. <laughs> It's fun. I love watching that that um, because it's like it's like watching a bunch of friends. Uh, Dave, somebody gave it to Dave. Jock, Clay Thompson. That's an interesting one for getting oh, okay, ejected. Uh, Wet like I'm book. Dave King is the jam star from Ted Lubin. Not Jock. Big dig book. A lot of Jock love in here. I think Jock too. Joe go Casillas. Jock. This guy's awesome. Uh, yeah. Are you going Jock? Super cool. I'm gonna go Jock. I'm going big dick Booker, man. I think Booker, but like the way Jock performed tonight, dude, and the points he put up, the plus minus he threw out there, the amount of True. minutes he played. 20, plus 27 off the bench. He swayed the game in three possessions. Like he was a big difference out there. Overall, yes, of course, probably it's Book, but I'm going to give it to Jock tonight. All right. There you go. Jock, Book. That's what we got. Check out, check out sunsjamsterdam.com. Uh, download the Sahara Bets app, Sahara, Sahara Bets app. And go ahead Sahara? and place your best there. It's Sahara. I always get it wrong. Sahara. I had okay. a girl who I worked with for years. Her name was Shahara. Okay. So whenever I I hear Sahara, I hear Sahara. I read it. Yeah. Shahara, me. No. Shahara, let's see. Stop. I'm getting rid. <laughs> um, Voida. Uh, but yeah, check out the Sahara Bets app. Download it. We're gonna have Suns Jam uh, uh, boosted Suns bets. You got to do it. So make sure you make those bets on Sunday or on, on uh, what fucking day is it? Friday. And we'll go ahead. We'll put a poll out on Twitter and let us know what you think with an opportunity to go ahead and win some free bets on this, uh, the Sahara bets app. Again, shout out to that boy, Jerome 32 for getting the win tonight. We will see you come Friday night against the new Orleans Pelicans. Matthew say those magical words. Go home. Love your family. Take care. Everybody.